Welcome to the Mixing Babies and Business podcast. I'm Amy Lynch, and I've been bringing my kids into business settings since becoming a parent in 2016. This podcast contains a mixture of solo and interview guest mini episodes focused on all things parenthood, business, flexible, and remote work with kids. Season 5 has been sponsored by the Startup Women Fund, presented by Startup Canada, Scotiabank, and UPS. Thank you for tuning in. Hit the subscribe button and leave a review online. It helps other parents parents find the podcast. Thank you for tuning in to this solo episode about how I've gone about planning, recording, editing, and producing season five of the Mixing Babies and Business podcast. It's me, your host and producer, Amy, and this summer marks my three-year anniversary of podcasting about all things parenthood, business, flexible, and remote work with kids. In this solo episode, you can expect details of my creative process, workflow, views on who I'm making things for, and who I'm not, and what's been working for me lately. Let's get into it. We're nearing the end of season five, and instead of cramming all of this information into a recap episode, you can expect that in the next one, where I'll highlight each of my guests and some key takeaways from our conversations. I've decided to record one dedicated exclusively to behind the scenes as I was caring for our third baby and two older school-age kids, alongside securing sponsorship and organizing guests for my fifth season as I slowly and steadily climbed towards 100 episodes. As you can probably tell, I'm recovering from a cold, but as it's going on two weeks now, I've decided to hit record anyways. You'll have to listen to a bit of a different sounding version of me, but this information is important to share, and I hope that it helps to provide some perspective for you. Up until 2023, I've been producing and promoting around one to two seasons per calendar year based on my family planning. The year that we had our third baby in early 2022, I released season four. However, it took nearly six months months of planning, spacing guests, recording interviews around newborn naps as I exited the fourth trimester, and overall it took me way longer to edit and produce that season as I was breastfeeding exclusively the entire time. I was constantly hungry, constantly tired, and was trying to be gentle with myself, so that involved a longer buffer period of planning the episodes and then deciding when to release them. Based on my sleep schedule, which wasn't quite adequate enough, to have me working on the podcast in the way that I traditionally would if I was sleeping through the night. But the year that I was pregnant with that same baby in 2021, I was able to release seasons two and three. However, I would like it to be noted that I already had season two episodes recorded and in production before I got pregnant. I edit and record and produce the podcast myself from my home office studio, and I don't outsource or currently contract out the editing services. So it's important to note the timing of things and how they roll out because I've really done it all based on how I'm feeling, how my family's feeling, if someone gets sick or if I get sick or what needs our priorities that week. I ended up having a difficult time for that third pregnancy and if I hadn't already planned the podcast interviews, edits and been rolling out promotions, I most likely would have been publishing only one season in 2021 and I would have had a hard stop or pause for this 
this podcast. But I believe in modeling what I want to create and experience in business and in life, so this podcast has been no different. What began as a placeholder and a replacement for my online events in mid-2020 has evolved into a podcasting workflow that has been born out of limitations, constraints, restrictions, but a desire to create something new. With two small children at the time, aged two and four, at home full-time, round the clock with my partner and I, podcast interviews were the only thing which I decided to conduct synchronously in real time. And at the most, these would run up to 45 minutes, but they were scheduled to last 30 minutes all in and out of respect for my guests, my partner's work schedule, and our caregiving responsibilities, I always aimed for this 30-minute window of time. As things have opened up more over the years, we've changed our work-from-home schedules to be more work-from-wherever, usually a coffee shop, library, or business third space for me when I've had childcare and school is in session, but my interview time slots have varied depending on kids' nap and bedtime routines for this fifth season. I always record, edit, and produce the podcast from my home studio, but everything else is usually done asynchronously and usually remotely from a third space, including the research, script writing, administration, graphic design, promotions, and even interview guest thank you gifts, which I post out in snail mail. But this core idea of 30-minute chats only that were padded with lots of room for tech mix-ups as I relearned how to do audio broadcasting, tech glitches, and post-lunch or end-of-day meltdowns has served me well so far. It requires that I show up consistently but provides enough variation and flexibility that I'm kept inspired. While I might know as much as I can about my guests before they hop on for our interview, I never quite know which direction a conversation will take and this in turn influences the way that I split up my mini episodes, the interview tagline and theme that I focus on, as well as the show notes that I write. Every interview guest, with the exception of one across the past five seasons, has been researched by me and I have approached each one depending on if they were a previous connection or a completely new one. The back and forth has varied, but overall it has been a pretty seamless process. I reach out, I send an introduction via a direct message with a direct booking link if they're keen to select a date and time for an interview straight away. Sometimes the direct message is the back and forth with a request to email them, but I always send a preparation email in advance of our interview, which includes the interview logistics, details, and technical requirements, advanced questions to provide background on our interview theme and flow, a draft biography, their personal brand and company promotional links, as well as a few headshot options depending on their media kit or social media presence, promotional plans for the season, timing for the edits and production, and a rough estimate of the rollout of their mini episodes. The only action is to show up on the day we've agreed and I run through a quick confirmation of their biography, links, photo, and personal interview preferences at that time. I usually check if there's anything they would like to stay away from or have boundaries around, especially as their family, children, and personal life are going to be topics of our conversation. This is a matter of courtesy, child protection, professionalism, and to build trust with my guests. It has also become an exercise in refining my podcasting workflow, branding guidelines, and interview format. My guests know what to expect, and in turn, my audience now knows what to expect when they tune in. I have had around a dozen cold pitches over the years to be on my podcast, and while I appreciate the interest in this platform, I have very clear and simple boundaries around who I interview. Number one, you must be a parent or primary caregiver of children. Number two, you must be an entrepreneur or in a leadership role in business. But it still amazes me to this day when people pitch to be a guest because they want their brand and their
their message to reach an audience of parents, but they themselves are not a parent. The same thing has happened with my in-person and online events. I'm clear and consistent on who this podcast is for, what we speak about, and how I show up. But as with my in-person events over the years, I find that people who pitch to me, if you're trying to market to the target audience, but you're not a member of the target audience yourself, it's going to be a hard no from me. I'm sharing this because, as I've just said, over the past five seasons, I've requested interviews with every single guest except for one, but I haven't actually booked in or secured any other guests who've cold pitched me yet. That's not to say that I won't in the future, but I always reply to those requests, whether they're from a a outsourced contractor, PR agency, or virtual assistant, or if they're from the person themselves via LinkedIn or an email, I always ask, are you a parent? And if so, how many children do you have? And what's your business if it's not clear what their business is and what they're wanting to speak about? As part of our chat in season five, one of my guests mentioned the book, The Art of Gathering by Priya Parker, and how if you're not intentional on who you're serving and you try to include everyone, you'll end up creating something that is confusing or doesn't quite feel right. I'm very conscious of creating safe spaces for primary caregivers and their families, both in person and online. This podcast is part of that. This means for me that it is my role to draw the circle around what guests can expect and what listeners can expect and what will not be included. Feedback is always welcome, but it doesn't mean I will implement your suggestions or change the way that I host events, conduct podcast interviews, or provide resources for parents. I don't feel bad bad or like I'm excluding anyone, there are plenty of business networking events held at hours of the day and in locations which inconvenience parents. There's plenty of podcasts which provide advice that doesn't quite land right when you're not sleeping for longer than two hours at a stretch, and entrepreneurship resources and financing opportunities that require you to choose your dream and your business over your family's basic needs and income requirements. That already exists in abundance and is available for you to explore through the power of the internet or your local community and entrepreneurship networking center. But if you don't believe you have limitations as a parent or primary caregiver, then I invite you to please share your business networks and resources with me via my website, mixingbabiesandbusiness.com forward slash contact. When you visit this contact page, you can fill out an online form. I will gladly record and produce another solo episode to share this information with all the people who are raising families around the world through this magic of podcasting podcast streaming platforms and internet airwaves. So if you found these resources designed for parents that also focuses on running a business or freelancing as a business owner or doing remote work or flexible work around kids, please send me those resources. I would love to share them with this audience. But for now, you need to know that it's not because I don't like you, what your business does or what your message is. It's simply not something I'm going to showcase if it doesn't meet the basic requirements of number one, being for parents and primary caregivers because you yourself are one. And number two, sharing the lessons you've learned during your entrepreneurship and leadership journey because you have lived this experience. I had a lovely conversation with an individual who cold messaged me about providing promotional marketing support for the podcast based on the fact that he was writing his research thesis came across my podcast as an example of a form of media which is addressing an unmet need and after listening to it was amazed at the value I provide and the lack of promotional advertisements for my own business services and products. 
Perhaps I'm bad at marketing and selling my own stuff. I'm working on getting better at that. But no, he said the value in my podcast was wonderful to hear and deserves to get more attention. Yes, he was trying to sell me on his services. And at that moment, he's unfortunately not a parent. So I told him I don't work with contractors who are not a member of my brand's target audience because I believe in, again, supporting the kind of partnerships and collaborations which are aligned with parents and primary caregivers. But it was a nice reminder of why I've chosen the format that I have, the practice of being intentional in all things, and what can happen when you focus on learning as you go, doing the best you can at that moment in time, and continuing to show up even if others don't ask you to first or give you permission. Because this quick placeholder in mid-2020 has turned into sponsorships, outreach, public relations, positive feedback, and most importantly, it has really helped some people who are currently living this experience and could use the light at the end of the tunnel to keep them going during their parenthood journey. So thank you to that kind stranger who is now an internet connection for the reminder to keep doing this work, but also get better at making sales. Now onto a timely tangent I'd like to also address in case you've been wondering, do I use artificial intelligence for the Mixing Babies and Business podcast? I don't use chat GPT. The only time I've used AI has been through uploading my video audio clips for subtitling and my episodes for the generation of transcripts. I use a third-party company which creates AI-enabled subtitles and transcripts in a variety of languages, but then I also edit and review these prior to publishing them online. An interesting connection for this company, which is called Happy Scribe, is that I originally signed up as a user for their service in late 2020 as part of an AppSumo deal, which I ended up loving so much that when I saw them advertise for freelance English language transcriptionists, I ended up working with them in 2021 before my third baby was born as a freelance contractor. So I was working remotely as a contractor for them. Their headquarters right now, they're based in Barcelona, Spain, but I was still using their services as a customer. And to this day, I use them for my podcast and other videos. I'm not an affiliate. I will link to them in the show notes. I just believe in sharing resources that are helpful for people doing their own creative work and marketing. The other way in which I use AI is with automatic closed captioning for videos, which in the past year, LinkedIn has rolled out as a feature on their platform. But again, I always choose the review before publishing setting in order to edit the first round of captioning as it's not always completely accurate. I realize, of course, there are many ways in which I could optimize my workflow through the use of AI from solo episode topic suggestions through to interview questions, repurposing episodes, and creating long-form blog and newsletter content, as well as talking points and script starting points, but I'm not quite there yet and I don't know if I'll ever be. Perhaps I will do my season 5 recap using chat GPTs as a starting point. At the moment, my research, planning, editing, production, and promotional processes are done based on my journalism and marketing background, but I realize that there are always new ways of doing things and techniques to experiment with. As a bit of happy news, my Mixing Babies and Business podcast has been named one of Canada's top five parenting podcasts by Feedspot in 2023, and my work has been named one of Canada's top 100 recovery projects by Future of Good, aligned with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals under Gender Equality, which is Goal 5. All of this has been because I decided to switch it up a bit, convert my mostly synchronous and interaction-focused in-person and online events into an almost completely asynchronous 
asynchronous workflow and podcast experience, which still enables me to connect with parents like you and other parents who are building things, taking action, growing businesses while raising their families. I'm grateful for the support as a listener, perhaps for the first time with this episode or as a regular subscriber over the years. I'm thankful for the interview guests who've showed up each time with honesty, transparency, optimism, actionable stories, advice, and for every episode, their very personal hopes and wishes for the future world and society that their children will grow up in. I'm fortunate three times over now for seasons three, four, and five to have received financial support through Startup Canada's grant programs to continue covering the operational costs of producing and hosting the Mixing Babies and Business podcast across as many streaming platforms as I can release these episodes through. I'm also going to give a shout out to my now family of three kids and my partner for accommodating my interview times, doing sound checks the odd time, dancing along to the podcast theme music whenever it comes on in the car or our kitchen, and for extended family and friends showing up to look after and play with our kids when we don't have childcare or school. I've heard my own mom is a loyal listener as well. So thanks mom. And lastly, because I also want to acknowledge the labor you're doing, whether it's paid or unpaid, the work of raising kids, nurturing ideas, and creating something new is a journey. It's constantly changing and requires you to show up with an open mind, ready for action, or at times, whenever you can take it, a rest in order to keep going. I'm going to say I'm thankful to myself for choosing to invest to buy a few basic podcasting supplies and online software subscriptions to sit down, do the work of relearning how to audio broadcast. It's been challenging, frustrating, fun, enlightening, encouraging, emotional, and I think more than anything, it has made me feel responsible for sharing these stories as openly and as widely as I can with the tools and the knowledge that I currently have. What starts as an informal conversation always becomes an obligation and an urge to keep the light on for all parents who are trying to mix babies and business, but feel like they've been left a little in the dark about how all of this is supposed to work out or be worth it. Like pregnancy, birth, raising babies, and now school-age kids, I haven't loved every minute of this podcasting experience, but I don't regret any of it, and the longer that I do it, the more I realize it's an adventure, and I'm just a passenger going along for the ride, hoping for the best, and enjoying it while I can. Now it's your turn. What about you? Are you thinking about creating something new in the second half of this year? Is a quick placeholder enough of an option for now until you get going on learning what you need to do? Are there things that you want to try out using AI to optimize the ways in which you are accessible and creative and maybe more efficient? Let me know if any of this has sparked some ideas for you and gave you a little push to get started on the seed of a project that hasn't really taken shape quite yet. You can always find me through LinkedIn. I think I'm the only Amy Lynch with a profile picture, baby wearing my at the time 10 month old while speaking on a stage. And of course, email works too. If you'd like to get in touch via my website, visit mixingbabiesandbusiness.com forward slash contact. I always mention this, but if you're able to give a five-star review and leave a comment on the Mixing Babies and Business podcast, it's always appreciated as it helps me to keep sharing these episodes more widely with listeners who also happen to be parents and primary caregivers. Thank you once again for listening and stay tuned for the final episode of season five. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Thank you.